0: good to be with you all right now and today. For this first week, this first sermon, I wanted to share with you all a little bit about how I came to be your pastor, how I came from where I was born and how I grew up and how I came to know my call, which led me to this group of people, which I'm so excited about. Their process to become a pastor is tell their call story. I can't tell you how many meetings with colleagues or bosses I've been in where they ask, just off the top of their head, as a first question, "Tell me about your call." And that's a big question. If you've ever been asked that story. Mm-hmm. Um, for yourself. This term gets used in Christian circles a lot too, but essentially the call story is this one moment that someone knew that they were called to ministry or knew that they were called into whatever they are called into. When I'm asked to tell that particular one moment piece of the story, this moment for me, it happened when I was serving as a summer intern at my home church in Anchorage, Alaska which is where I'm coming from and where I grew up. I remember sitting in my office, minding my own business, doing the work that I had signed up to do, and I heard my name suddenly coming from the office next door where the pastors were meeting. And then a minute or two later, one of them walks in to my space and they ask if I would preach that next Sunday. Now, to give you some background about where I was at that time, I had no intention to preach. And I had no interest in preaching whatsoever. I signed up to help with Vacation Bible School and to teach Sunday School and to lead youth group. And I was studying elementary education in school. And so any form of adult interaction scared me. And much less preaching scared me even more. It was nowhere near my list of desires. But they asked that question, will you preach for us on Sunday? Being in church my whole life, I know that you can't say no to a pastor when they ask you to do something, right?
1: (laughs) And so I
0: reluctantly, I agreed. And I was hoping that I'd get sick in time for Sunday so that I could get out of it somehow. To my surprise, and not God's surprise, of course, I was perfectly healthy. And Sunday came, and it was time for me to preach. I remember standing up from the back row where I was contemplating walking right out of that door. I stood up from that back row, and I slowly walked forward, my knees shaking, my hands shaking, and I hadn't even started yet. I look over to that corner over there, and my district superintendent, my soon-to-be boss and former senior pastor who had watched me grow up was, standing, was in the back row there for my first sermon. The pressure was on for me. I already had tears in my eyes because I knew that it was going to go horribly. I was really setting myself up for a lot of success. <laughs> <laughs> and so I walk up, I get to the front, and then I start to speak. And at that moment, that was the moment where I just knew that this was what I was called to do. This was it. This was my call. This is the part of my call story that I tell most often when I'm asked to tell how I came to be in ministry. But I have other call stories. Part of my call story involves me serving communion to my third grade campers at a church camp, telling them that they are loved by God, some for the first time my call story involves an autoimmune disease diagnosis that I received in high school, which forced me to have to reorient my life and my priorities to go beyond other people's expectations for me. Part of my call story involves a short stint with an unaffirming campus ministry when I was in college. This is where God taught me about justice, about the ministry of Jesus. And this is where God stirred my own heart for the marginalized people around me. And part of my call story, and perhaps the one I'm most excited to share with you all today, is unfolding right now, as I stand before you all for the very first Sunday, this beginning of a new relationship, and my first time living in California, here in San Diego, my first time as an openly queer pastor, starting this brand new adventure that all of us have been called into together. When I get to reflect on these moments of call, I realize all of the different ways that they have brought me closer in relationship with God and have also taught me about joy. These moments of call, they've grounded me, not because they've all been perfect, or happy, or without any struggle, but because it is a clear reminder, like our psalm says, of taking off a sackcloth, of God taking off that sackcloth and clothing us with joy. These moments of call for me and for you are reminders of some of the most joyous encounters that we have. And those joyous encounters are the ones where our calling connects with the world. I want us to take just a moment and pause, and I want to invite you to think about where you find joy in your own life. What in your life brings you joy? Are there stories you think of, or people, or dreams you have for yourself or your community? Take a moment. We'll just take a moment to be quiet and think about where your joy comes from. The things that bring us joy, I would argue that those things, those moments, are directly connected to what God is calling you to do, or who God is calling you to be. Friends, joy and call are connected. They are intertwined by the Holy Spirit's hand, speaking life into our beings. And what a gift that is. My call is to create spiritual spaces for people who experience religious trauma, for people who've been hurt by the church. And so my role in this church is to love you well, is to learn how we can love others well. And my role in this church, my primary jobs, they all connect to leading from that call. That is where my joy comes from. My joy, it comes from knowing who I am and knowing who brought me to know that joy. Today in our scripture in Luke, we read about another group's call into joy, where 70 people are being commissioned, sort of like an internship from Jesus, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And in doing this, Jesus is literally pushing these people that he appointed out into the world to do ministry. These people were having a lot asked of them. It was not a simple task. The followers of Christ that we hear described in our gospel today, they could be considered the marginalized people of that day. They, as followers of Christ, were certainly looked down on by society. The government thought that Jesus was out of his mind, and so I'd imagine that they would have thought people who were choosing to follow Jesus would have been just the same. And so, still marginalized and and hated by some members of society, they were still being sent out by this prophet. And they said yes to being sent. We too are invited to say yes. To say yes to joy and to say yes to our call. You and I have been sent out, seemingly underprepared, unknown final destination, but we have been sent to bring peace and to be joy to those that we encounter. I found it a little bit interesting and kind of funny that the first verse of our passage says that the Lord appointed. That word appointed is a big, big word. It doesn't say the Lord suggested, or the Lord invited, or the Lord asked if they thought they were ready. The Lord appointed. Jesus appointed, God appoints. This means that no matter how prepared we think we are, no matter what our resume says, no matter how often we go to church, no matter our age or race or gender or sexual orientation or abilities, we are called to joy. And we are called to live out that calling. One of my personal prophets, Nadia Boltz Weber, she says this about calling. She says, Never once did Jesus scan the room for the best example of holy living and send that person out to tell others about him. Jesus always sent stumblers and sinners, and I find that comforting. On the days that I believe this story, just read up here today, I believe that God sent these ordinary people out, and these ordinary people said yes, and then they did the best that they could to bring peace and to share God's love. On our best days, that is joy. Joy is not perfection or obedience. It's a deep awareness of the presence of God. Joy is a striving to orient and to reorient ourselves toward a common goal and a willingness to give what we have to live out Jesus' instructions to us, to love God and to love neighbor. Friends, today I want to invite you into a rhythm of joy. I want to invite us all to remember those things that bring us a deep sense of joy and I want to invite us all to hold on to those things tightly knowing that these sacred things are the places where God is calling us. As we leave this place today may you see God and God's love in the moments of pure joy that you encounter. May you find pockets to embody joy for those around you. And finally, may you know that you have been called by the God of the universe to be exactly who you are, full stop. And that calling, friends, is a sacred one. Let us pray. Holy One, who created us out of dust, We give you thanks for your true example of joy. Guide us through your spirit to be your hands and your feet. Provide us with moments to own our own sacred stories and calls. Moments of reflection and seasons of action. Empower us to strive towards justice and toward deep relationship. Knowing that you are there already. In your joyous name we pray, amen.